This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Bez, what do you love? Well, John, it's a new sponsor and I'm loving it. For me, double quarter pound a meal. What are you having? Oh, it's got, got to be the chicken nugget share box. To myself, there's no sharing, but well, to myself. That goes without saying. But what yeah. dip? Oh, barbecue. It's a barbecue dip. Yeah. But where can people get it? So, yeah, where can you get it? You can order via the McDonald's app. Um, it's via participating restaurants only. 18 plus. Rewards. Registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. So, see mcdonalds.com for full details. There's a team that we all love. Playing out a person time. They've had a few promotions, but always end up going down. Play up, play up, for fail. 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 Welcome to the Ailing Vale podcast. It's Sunday the 8th of October. It's quarter past eight at night, 24 hours after the previous game, which was away at Portsmouth, where it finished Portsmouth 2, Port Vale 0. All three of us travelled down and went. Johnny, how are you feeling? Yeah, not too bad, mate, not too bad. I decided to go from one end of the country to the other today. So I was in Portsmouth yesterday and in Blackpool today. So nothing like a bit of travelling. Been to the Illuminations? No, we no because because they don't because of the time of month, like yeah. they don't they don't kick off till like half six. Ah, uh, because obviously it's not it's not dark enough till then. So yeah. we just just been up for the the Gruffalo experience. Oh, yeah. I didn't know Blackpool had got a Gruffalo experience, but there we go. It has, yeah. It, it, it it's got a Gruffalo experience, Peter Rabbit experience, and. A couple of other, and a few, and a Ferris wheel. Well, very good. It's also got a lot of other experiences than that, but we won't go on to them on this pod. Well, Andy, we, we, we definitely we, we had an experience in the bu- in the bus station on the way back. Go on. Well, 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 luckily, um, George is a bit too young to see to to witness two people smacking up. Oh, nice. It's, it's, so, some like some of Blackpool have done an amazing job at t- hmm. tidying stuff, but then there's still like the smack rats around, and it's it's just a bit depressing, really. When yeah. you see like you see him do it so brazenly. Yeah, it is. But never mind. Andy, talking about depressing, how are you? I'm all right. Um, a bit knackered. I had a good long sleep um, this morning. I had a good nap. But yeah, it's like pit the bones out of that one. For the, there's a lot to talk about about the game, and ultimately we didn't play badly, but there's still something that's not quite right to my mind, and it's just putting my finger, trying to put a finger on what that is, and hopefully in the next hour and a half or however long it is before you go to bed, we'll, about ten minutes. Yeah, we'll, we'll try and sort out, put the world to right, sort us out what 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 it was because. Yeah, it left a bit of a bad taste, didn't it? And and I think the elephant in the room is probably going to be quite early on in the pod. Yes, I think it is. I think it very much is. But yeah, I've been Alton Towers today, so I've been out all day. So we've had an entertaining day. And talking about entertaining yesterday was not. But let's go into it. And we will be rational about it, but we will also have fans' point of views about it. Because I won't make the point now. 
and I said before to you two, I'd make it. We don't see what goes on Monday to Friday. We just see what goes out on the pitch on a Saturday. And there's a few things only seeing what goes out on the pitch on Saturday I'm not happy about. So let's get into it. Let's have a quick look. It finished Portsmouth 2, Port Vale 0. Both goals coming in the second half. Both goals by Colby Bishop on the 53rd minute and then a dubious penalty on the 58th, which I purposely haven't watched any highlights back yet. So everything that I'm going to say is from being there, my perspective. I haven't watched any highlights back. So you two might correct me on a few things, but we'll see. I tried to watch the highlights, but for some reason they're not on YouTube. I think it might be Portsmouth. I don't know if they um, do the iFollow thing, whether they got their own thing. They're not in the contracts. I don't know. It's, it's something a bit weird. Seem to have their own stream, don't they? Some clubs do, yeah. Maybe that's it. So, possession stats of either of you two loot? No. No, have a guess. 60-40, Pompey. Andy? 55-45, Pompey. Possession was 50-50, bang on. Right. Yeah, surprised me as well when I looked at it. Um, total two shots. Fair, that's probably 60-40 in both halves, actually. So I think yeah, we probably essentially just off. Yeah, no, you're probably right. I haven't got it split by halves, but yeah, that probably feels right. Now. You have a look. Oh, oh, oh. oh. Um, first off, Portsmouth 57%, wow. Port Vale 43. Second off, Port Vale 57%, Portsmouth 43. Wow. <laughs> As you say, I'd have gone the other way around then. If you'd have said first off was 57, someone, I'd have said, well, that's us. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, that shows that everything we think about football is wrong. Thank you for listening to the Ale and Vale podcast. We're going to spend the next hour talking about booze for you, J Mo. Shit, I thought you were going to say I could go to bed. Oh, no, we're not getting. You're not getting out. Of <laughs> so I'm yeah, talking, it, talking about booze in that pub. In that pub we went into, they had Lily's Collider on, and it's a cola cider, and it's fucking beautiful. So I had the Green King IPA if JMO wants to talk about beer because it was a Green King pub. So that's what I had. And Johnny, you sat down and had your first game of dominoes. Well, I, d- I didn't have my first game of dominoes. I, I shafted, uh, shafted Tom Amos, didn't I? He yeah, went you for played a hand for him. And it fell apart. It did. It did. Well, that was I, my fault. That, that, was, that was the unlucky, un- unluckiness of the dominoes that were drawn. Well, I think Diane gave him out. She gave him out one hand for me, so I'm blaming Diane. Yeah, and that was the sec- that was the second time he went for a piss and a fag. Yeah, they they they, they, they were horrendous. They were. I'm pretty certain she'd looked at him and thought, I, "I want this. I want this done and dusted now." Yeah, I think she did. She did. But yeah, we had that. So total shots in the game: Portsmouth had 13, Vale had 14. On target, Portsmouth had four, Vale had three on target out of the 14. Um, clear cut chances. He says Portsmouth had five clear cut chances. Vale had two. Five clear cut chances. That's what the Sky Sports stat says. Penalty is clear cut, isn't it? Um, I don't think I count the penalty as clear cut, you know, because I think we've had this before where I've said yeah. no clear cut chances. You went, wait a minute, there was a penalty. Yeah, no, I, well, I do remember that discussion, but <laughs> the 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 header that the header that Ripley saves is probably clear cut. Yeah, probably. But I don't remember. I don't remember them missing anything, or because what did they say? Four save, four on target, four on target. Yeah, which means if if you're not counting the penalty, 
the on the 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 other the other four must have missed the target completely. Yeah, must have. So. Well, that's what Sky said. Same, we had two corners, seven for Portsmouth, six for us. Aerial duels won, and this is begging for me. Thirty-two for Portsmouth, eleven for us. And saves, it says their goalie made three saves. Ripley's made one. Fair enough. We added one off the line thinking about it, didn't we? Did we? Yeah, we did. I remember us adding one off the line. I can't remember that. Down the far side, so it would have been second half. Yeah, I can't remember that. Yeah, we did. So, yeah, there you start. Portsmouth 2, Vale nil. Johnny... Let's get into it. Your message before kickoff just, to just, me. Just, just before we get into that, go on. Let I want. Let's get the positives out of the way. Go on, man. Uh, there's been a there's been a lot of talk from Portsmouth fans looking at looking at their their review of it and their 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 perspective. And they've said that we're the best footballing team they they've had down at Fratton Park. And some some of them that have gone home and away have said we're the best team that they they've played. A couple of them said, from their perspective, we're missing a number nine. Let's be honest, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to work out that, does it? Um, and they, they, they were very complimentary about us. So I think if, if we were doing this from a neutral point of view, we'd probably be quite positive about Port Vale. But because we're going to do it from a fan's perspective, as, as you've just mentioned earlier about obviously not seeing what happened Monday to Friday and such like. There's going to be a bit, a bit more negativity around some of the things that happened, and yeah. and I think I'm. I think Andy, you said it walking out yesterday, and I think you summed it up. We're very pretty in between the boxes. Yeah, and it was someone who said it, and this stood next to me, a guy called also called Andy. He said, um, "We're we're very good until we have to do something." You know, in either penalty area, and it's it's easy for opposition fans to be quite what's the word I'm looking for magnanimous maybe in victory and say yeah well done Vale good side when when you've won and you you're feeling a bit charitable, but it's it's just a, it's a pattern isn't it we're 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 nice and we're very good working our way through the thirds and then we get into the final third and we we freeze we don't know what we're doing we've got no idea. Um, and we just um, it ends up being something powder puff. It's usually just chipped into the keeper's hands or or something. And we it's, it's no good talking about being more ruthless. We've got to actually get in and do something about it um, because we've been we've been lacking a bit of a finishing touch in the final third for most, if not all, of the season. We've been getting away with it with you know little goals at the end of games like Garrity against Northampton and things like that that have won us a game where we've dominated but not really turned a domination into chances and then something's broken for us at the end of the game. Now that's dried up a bit and we're... I I don't know where where Andy Crosby looked at that side yesterday and thought where where the goals are coming from, how we were going to score a goal, what we were going to do to win the game. And it's just, it's just really frustrating. We have we used the word powder puff yet? I've got it written down on my notes with yeah. powder puff. Yeah, I'm going to say it again. Powder puff. Yeah. And I think you're spot on, Andy. I, I thought the same myself. We, 
beautiful across the midfield. Really nice, really pleasing on the eye. Yeah, we never looked like scoring. And the other thing, and Johnny, this is something you levelled at us last year, and I think it's coming roost again. We're a very nice team to play against. Um, I'm not talking about the style of football. I'm talking about we don't get in people's faces. We don't get in the ref's face. We don't crowd people when there's been a bad tackle going. We don't We don't look after his teammates. Whereas yesterday, I saw the Portsmouth captain a few times bollocking the ref, screaming at him, sprinting. And don't get me wrong, I'm not condoning that part of it. But we don't seem to look after his own. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, the, the, pro- the problem is, Bez, there's, there's two things that, that that's my issue at the minute. The referees have fully, fully caved on the laws of the game from the start of the season. And that's pissing me off because we seem to we seem to be looking and going, we're going to get a booking first, as Jason Lowe did yesterday, which was fucking pathetic. Or blasted it yesterday. Was that for a foul, though? Or was that for no, or blasted was when he picked the ball up and walked ah. away. And he tried to break down a foul throw. Jason Lowe's was the foul throw and then oh, he screamed right, okay. at the ref. No, he didn't, he didn't scream at the ref. He flicked his hand at the ref. Right. Uh, to be fair, I didn't see it. It's just someone around me. I, I presumed he, he, he screamed at the ref. I no, didn't see it. He literally flicked his hand down at the ref because the ref even made the notion back to him as, as he booked him, say, that's what you're being booked for. And that's what infuriated yeah. me. Our blaster one, he walked away with the ball in his hand and their lad pinned it against his body. Their lad was the one that threw it away, yeah, but made well, it look as though our blaster did. Because he pinned it against all his uh, his body and then then flicked it. And yeah. that, but like I said, because because we don't know what the referee's gonna do. And this isn't this isn't me saying that the referee's cost us that game because he hasn't. No. But because we don't know what they're gonna do, we're sticking to how we how it used to be in inverted commas and getting shafted for it. Because their penalty, their penalty, they screamed for that. Yeah. Josh Thomas was the only one on on a shot that ricocheted in the box or asked for it. We just don't ask for anything. Yeah. And I don't know if that's because of the new laws at the start of the season or whatnot, or it's just I I just feel I, I'd love two 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 explanations really. I'd love an explanation about what the fuck's going on with the refereeing and why it's caved. Like, because the infuriating thing is, I know it's, I don't know if you've seen today, but in a, in the WSL, the Man City captain, she got sent off for time-wasting in the first half for a no, second yellow. Yeah, right she got now. sent off for a second yellow. And it was, it was time-wasting in the new laws. Mm. But, I don't know if it should be, and that's we shouldn't be sat here questioning is is time wasting time wasting. We should know what it is, and we don't because their keeper would have got booked on the first game of the season. Well, uh, there's a lot to talk about on Ref Watch when we get there, and there's a few things you've picked up on there which I'll do now, and then I won't repeat them again when we get to Ref Watch. Their goalie, he had three, four, five times he told him hurry up, not once booked him. He, told, he even told him he'd got five seconds on one. Yeah, and he took longer. The yeah. last goal kick, he actually walked all the way around the goal, pit, got the ball from sort of behind the right-hand side of the goal as we looked at it from the away end, walked around back on the pitch from the left-hand side of the goal, carried on around the goal and put it down on the right-hand side of the six-yard box. Now, don't yeah. get me wrong, there was about 30 seconds left. It was never going to affect the game. But he'd, the, he'd been told five or six times during that second half, hurry up. And not once did he get a booking. 
Yeah, that's pathetic. You talk about the we don't know what rules we're using. We were told delaying a free kick would be a yellow card. Portsmouth did it twice yesterday. The first one I have sympathy for, the veil lad, and I can't remember who it was, literally put the ball down and kicked it straight at him. Now, for me, that's not a booking. You haven't given time, get away. The second one was the Colby Bishop one, where Colby Bishop's on the floor. We picked the ball up, put it down next to him, and Colby Bishop deliberately moves his body backwards to stop the free kick, and we kick it at him. Now, for me, that is a yellow card, because he has deliberately moved to stop us playing that ball. It isn't like he hasn't had a chance to move. He's moved in front of that ball to stop it. That's a yellow card every day of the week. But the ref wanted Colby Bishop's shirt, I think, or he wanted a shower with him at full time or something. Because every time Colby Bishop asked for something, he got it. He wants to walk his dog. Maybe he did. <laughs> I, I, I have heard that he likes dogs. Allegedly. You have to say that Allegedly, Allegedly Bobby Madley likes dogs. Uh, allegedly. And carrying on from that, his performance was rough. See, uh, see, see I, I don't think he, I don't think he cost us the game. Yesterday. He didn't cost us the game, but he was very much what you describe as a homie. Whereas every time they ask for something, he gave it to them. Yeah, yeah. Penalty. I'm not convinced he was giving that penalty because he didn't blow straight away. His whistle didn't go to his lips straight away. It was about four or five seconds after the instance before he even blew. And he yeah. didn't look like he was even considering the penalty until he saw four to five Portsmouth players scream for it, and then he gave it. Yeah, fair. Are his arms in an unnatural position? I haven't seen it back, and I'll be honest, from where we were, I cannot see whether that was an handball or not. So I'm not going to comment on that. What I will comment on is what I did see four or five seconds before as one of our defenders get completely manhandled, pulled to the ground. And even where we were in the away end, I said, that's a foul for us. And he blew and gave a penalty. And I'm like, what the fuck's he giving you? Yeah, that that, that was thingy that was. That was Barmer that got, got hauled to the ground. And, then and I, I haven't seen that back on tally yet. I could see he got hauled from the ground from the away end at the opposite side of the ground. Yeah. I think I think I think Barmer got hauled to the ground, and then as he was getting up, he's throwing himself at it, and then yeah, that's that's what's caused it. Right. Well, it's just yeah, it's it's just it's just frustrating. Yesterday was, but like I say, apart from that, I don't. I'm not sat here thinking, oh, the referees made like a shitload of mistakes. No, he, he was just, he favoured the home side for me and every sort of 50-50 was home side. So I'll finish it off now. Ref Watch brought to you by repair-glasses.co.uk. Get yourselves over there if you need your glasses fixing. Bobby Madley needs his fixing and maybe needs a new dog. Um, four out of ten. Not the worst ref we've had, but very much. He's obviously ref Portsmouth when he used to be a premiership ref and he's got nice memories of Harry Redknapp down there and the Warney Carnew and that and... Sylvan Distan and thought, you know what, I'm going favour. These are an ex-Premier League club. And I thought he was biased towards Portsmouth. He gave him fucking everything. But he hasn't cost us a game, you're right, Johnny. Unless, do you know what, at 1-0, we bring two strikers on. There's a chance we can get back in it. I don't think we will, because as Andy's already said, we're powered up in front of goal. But at 1-0, there's a chance. If that penalty isn't a penalty, and I haven't seen it back. But if it should have been a foul to us, maybe he has cost us, because it's cost us the opportunity to get level. I thought he was a bit lenient in the first half when we, there's a couple of 
players could have easily gone in the boot for us. Grant, when he um, right in front of us, really in the first half, could have um, could have seen yellow, and I think he's on a last warning. Um, and I think that's probably when he was struggling as well. Um, there was someone else who might have been Balmer or Low first half could have uh, could have gone in the book as well. But he was just giving them absolutely everything, any sort of fifty-fifty. Uh, we didn't help ourselves at times, but um, yeah, it just felt like getting any sort of decision out of him was, you know, wasn't going to happen. No, well, there's also one where a Portsmouth player kept the ball away after he gave a free kick, and he did nothing about it. I am going to defend him a little bit here. Jason Lowe should have been sent off yesterday. Go on, you'll have to enlighten me. So he got booked for his, for his gesture, which yeah. I don't agree was a booking. But, I don't, but I tell you what, I'd have booked him for the throw in itself. Well, yeah, I would have booked him for the throw in. But after he does that, on, about, on, near the halfway line a couple of seconds later, he literally twats through a bloke on slides him, completely misses the ball, and it's a booking every day of the week and twice on a Sunday. Oh yeah, the one he played advantage for. I was just going to yeah. say is that the one he played advantage for. Yeah, yeah, it was a booking. He should be book that's that that's a booking, regardless of if you're on a booking or not, that's a booking. So we should have been down to ten at that. So I think he's done us a favour there. Yeah, maybe. He's still a four out of ten for me. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a mistake, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? Like, regardless if it's in our favour or not, it's still a mistake. But yeah, I think I don't I don't think he was as utterly biased as 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 he can be. I think I think he was just again just just, just poor. Yeah, but I am. and every time Bishop and the defender seemed to tangle, and most of the time it was six or one half a dozen or the. Bishop got the free kick, and there was one right on the edge of the box where Bishop's ripping Smithy's shirt off. And don't yeah. get me wrong, Smithy's got older him as well. I'm not saying that there was a foul on Smith, but when both players were older of a shirt, you can't give it either way. And well, because Bishop cried and winked at him, he gave it Bishop. Yeah. Well, there we go. Right, Johnny, before the game, you messaged me, said, what's that 11? Question mark. No strikers on the pitch at all. Went two on the bench for two games running. It's pathetic. Interesting to see Sangor plant right wing back. I prefer the latter. Low at the back will be interesting as we have little pace for Lane, Sade and Kamara. Sadie, sorry. Not sure he's thinking at all when we look at that 11, especially when we have no meaningful game Tuesday. And let's not forget, we already knew there's no game next Saturday. So we haven't got a league game for two weeks. Yeah. Don't disagree with you before the game. Don't disagree with you at full time. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's anything after watching that game I'd change other than the first half. We 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 looked decent without without being clinical enough, and I, I'm I'm allowed to say that I'm allowed to say we're not clinical enough because I didn't pick that eleven. He's not. He should not be coming out in his interview after and saying we're not clinical enough. That's his fault. That's on him. Like you can't, you cannot. You cannot bemoan not being clinical enough by playing a centre mid up front, by playing a younger lad who, plenty, I think that's his position. He looked very good that first half until he had to move to wing back there. That you can tell that that's his position. Like, and Chizzy does what Chizzy does. He, he creates. He causes havoc. So the two behind, I'm fine with, other than the fact that. He'd be starting Garrity there at, with the vein of form he's been in recently and how he's been performing. 
it's it's just so frustrating that a strike a striker scores one of them three chances that Ben had yesterday, and and that's that's my big big bugbear with it. A striker scores one of them three chances. I, I think being overly harsh on Ben, did he get any of the three on on target? Because I don't think so. The two, the two in the second half, he didn't. And I can't remember what the header in the first half, if that was on target or not. No, it wasn't. It was over. No. And so, so that's, do you know what I mean? A striker gets minimum, then I'd say two out of them three on target, actually. Mm. Like that, that one on, in the second half on the edge of the area, when, when rolled back to him and he rifles it over on his left foot, Willow puts that in. Does he pour it, pour it to the keeper as we saw at Burton? But I think we'll he get to the dog. shins, ankles it a bit. Yeah, regardless of what he does, you, 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 as as our striker yesterday, and I know he's not, but as our striker yesterday, you need him to hit the target, and that's that's on Crosby. That is on Crosby. Like some of these ratings that are going to go on are on Crosby because it's just it's just ridiculous to go into a game now. Tuesday, I think we give him a bit of benefit of the doubt for it. Do you know what I mean? Like they, they could be carrying, like they could be carrying a knock, and he could be thinking, right, okay, I'll bring him on for half an hour. And I know the red card kind of changed that sort of thinking, but bring him on for half an hour, and then the, they'll play X amount of time on on Saturday. But then to go into Saturday and not play him, I would have, he would have got more. More from it as from a fan's perspective, and I don't usually might disagree here, but if against Tuesday neither of them made the squad, and then Saturday both are on the bench, I don't think many people complain. I agree because you're thinking, you know what, the news and injuries are coming back from injury. Yeah, whereas because they're both on the bench, you you can't you on Tuesday you cannot defend both being on the bench. And then them not playing from the start against Portsmouth. It's it's indefensible. There, there is there is nothing you can turn around and tell me that would make me go, oh, do you know what actually that, that makes sense? Like there, there is nothing. Because yes, they've got a big lad at centre half, Shaughnessy, but Shaughnessy at centre half was part of a shit defence at Burton last year. So he's not like he's fucking Maldini. The the, the other lad playing next to him wasn't much cop. Like the, the, the missing Regan Poole, who's who's their best centre half, and we just we we just decided, oh, what we're going to do is we're going to put Ben Garrity up against them because yes, he will win win a few headers and stuff like that. But Sean Raggett, we we know what he's about, but has been out injured for a month and a half, and it's just it, it's it, it's them sort it's them sort of things that just really wound me up about it. You you've got them pair at centre half. You have. Thomas running in around him. You have Willow, the nice little touches, and and Garrity running off him and stuff. But instead, we've just we we fucked it, and it feels like we've thrown away two games there. And I didn't mind the Bristol Rovers one as much because I suppose the red card makes it easy for you to bemoan your luck, doesn't it? But yesterday, yesterday, like especially playing how we did first off. It was just abundantly clear we were, we were missing a striker. And I defended him against Amos, but Ooch doesn't change that. Ryan Loft doesn't change that. Willow, Thomas, like, 
any one of them four aren't going to come in and do what Colby Bishop did. But they will they will do more than Ben Garrity will do up there. And that's... Yeah. And that's, that's no disrespect to Ben Garrity. You're not having to go with Timmy. You're having no. to go with the manager for saying you're playing a square peg in a round hole when you've got square pegs on the bench to play in a square hole. Exactly, because Garrity gives 110% all the time. He made them three chances. And yes, I, yes, I will hammer him slightly for missing them. Mm. But... He's made them three chances, and do you know what? If he's playing attacking midfield and he does that, I'm probably not that. I'm probably not not that harsh on him because it's like, do you know what, Ben? You've made the runs, you've done well, but as your striker, you. I don't want to say you expect more because he's still not a striker, but you need more from your striker, and that's on Crosby. That is on Crosby. Yeah, I'm with you, Andy. Follow that. Yeah, I've, I've had a bit of a rant there. Sorry. Um, sorry, what was the question? Um, all of that. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, if if you want someone to stick the ball in the net, you you sign a striker, don't you? We've taken a time over signing strikers over the course of the summer, stroke September, stroke October, to the point now where we've got Loft, who isn't fit, Uche isn't match fit. Uh, hopefully they'll be ready soon so that Crosby can leave them on the bench in favour of a midfielder next week or, or whenever it is. He can't put four strikers on the bench. He really, I, I, think, I, think that, I think that will break me. Yeah, it's just, I just don't really understand what what, what the idea is really um, as, as part of a long-term strategy. I don't know... Um, it's like when we brought both strikers on after about an hour yesterday and we took off um, probably two of the better creative midfielders to to get them on the pitch. And in the in the end, the, the game was just dead by that point. And it, I don't know if Crosby was making a point or what. It, it's partly, I mean, it, it's partly on Crosby. You can also argue... Um, from a recruitment point of view, you look at Flitcroft downwards. Is is that something that the club has got wrong as a whole? There's there's probably a lot of questions there for a, for a Thursday. But you know, in in a game played on what the seventh of October, we've just signed a striker, but he isn't match fit. That's not really acceptable, really, for me. Uh, for, for me, I, th- I think I, I'd hundred percent agree with what you're saying. If we didn't have two sat on the bench, yes, I would. And that's what I was about to say. Yeah, we've got two sat on the bench who are match fit, who've been playing. They haven't. Thomas come back from Lithuania with a sniffle, like so that that's not that's not going to kill his match fitness. And Willow has played every played a part in every game that since he's been here now. So I'd agree with you, and I'd batter him for it if Willow had done what Willow had done before and broke down and been injured. Thomas hadn't been available. That's on that's on Crosby. It's like regardless of what Uch and Loft are doing, that's that's on Crosby. Yeah, I'm with you. And my yeah, rant, my rant before we go into it, Johnny, you've took most of my points to be fair. And hundred percent agree. The fact that we fucking travel Portsmouth that's cost thirty some quid on coach, it's cost twenty some quid get in that and to go there and see it with no fucking strike is absolutely diabolical for me. Again. If the strikers are injured and that's why we've got no striker, I get it. 
then are injured. He's decided, and he's come out in his post-match and said, he has decided that Ben Gaddity is a better option up front than our strikers. Now, if I go and work tomorrow, and my job, in a nutshell, is out of relationship management in front of people chatting, etc. If my boss turns to me and says, another BDM I'm sending to this, I get that, that's their job, they're doing it. If he says to me, I'm getting someone from finance who deals with accounts that's used to sit behind a desk to go out and face your public because I think they're going to do a better job than you are, I'm fucking seething. And if I'm a centre forward at Port Vale and I'm fit and he's playing the centre midfielder up front instead of me, I've been knocking on that bastard door and saying, if you don't think I'm good enough to do my job, send me out somewhere because I'm not the right player for you if you don't think I can do my job and you'd rather someone else do my job for me. It's fucking pathetic. And for me, our best wing back at the club is sat in the stands with the fans. He's trained all week. He's travelled down with the squad and he's sat in the fucking stands knowing that we've got a centre midfielder playing one side. And again, he said, you know what, his performances have deserved it. I disagree, but that's Crosby's view. That's fine. That's his view. Go for it. He knows the other side, we've got Grant, whose injury record is questionable at best, who's played two 90 minutes in a week. And we know at some point he's probably going to break down. We don't want him to, but we know he's probably going to. And he doesn't stick his best wing back at the club at minimum on the bench. And again, that's my opinion that Mitch Clark is the best wing back at the club. Andy Crosby might think he's not. Other people might think he's not. In my opinion, he's our best wing back at the club and he's sat in the fucking stands with us. I've travelled all that way and spent my money to watch that. That is not acceptable. The positives, the first half, we should have gone in, in front. Funzo's at the post. James Plant should have minimum at the target, probably scored when he cuts inside and puts it wide. The one he at the side netting and Ben Garrity should have scored his head. And we could have gone in 3 0 up and then we're lording Crosby as what a genius with 3 0 up without a striker. But we weren't because we're not clinical and we haven't got a player on the pitch to put it in the net because they sat on the bench. But then to come out second half, wait till we go 2 0 down before you get a striker on the pitch is fucking laughable. And fans are going to start questioning Crosby now, which is a little bit harsh considering the start of the season we've had. But it's 1 point in 15. That is not acceptable, and it's not acceptable to have your fans travelling, play pretty football across the midfield and leave your strikers on the bench. That's my rant over. Yeah, I think, I think you've been pretty fair there, though. Another thing, what, what, and I think it was Steve in the group chat who said, what, what are Swansea thinking? You know, sending clubs who want to send... <laughs> clubs who want to send... Um, Strikers out on loan. They're looking at Vale. It's like, yeah, we could we could send them to Vale, but they'll probably just play midfielder at front instead. So you'd be wasting the time. So again, it's, I can't imagine can't imagine Swansea City will be particularly happy with the way we're handling Josh Thomas at the moment if he can't get into the side ahead of a midfielder being played out of position. The only thing the only thing I'd say to that is it depends what the conversation was when we signed him. And obviously, we're not going to be privy to that. But it depends. That that to me just depends on what the conversation is when we signed him. Whether we whether we said to them, "We're signing your lad. He's going to be an impact player, twenty minutes here and there, but going to start in the Pizza Trophy. We'll get a few starts over the course of the season, and if he deserves it and breaks in, if that's the conversation, I don't really think that they're going to be like horrendously." distraught over it but I think 
he might be, and that might be the thing that changes it. Yeah. Yeah, don't disagree. Don't disagree. Right, let's get into each player's individually, eh? See what comes out there. In goal, Johnny, number one, Connor Ripley. And the Vale ratings brought to you by Johnny's Micropub in Burslem. If you're in Burslem, get yourselves in for the best pint in Burslem. He'll probably have a up duck on. Beautiful tipple. Connor Ripley, Johnny. I haven't watched it back. Um... I think I think the hand he gets on it is is a is a bit shit, which I think then leads to leads to them scoring. Was it scoring or was it a penalty? No, it was first goal. Yeah, first goal. I think the hand he gets on it's a bit shit. Um, he's either got to come and completely completely leather it out and put it out, or somebody's got to take control. But then that's weighed out by the fact that the, the save he makes from that header from point blank range is brilliant. Overall, decent game. I'm going to mark him down for not saving the penalty because he's a penalty-saving monster. So that that's a mistake. Um, no, I'm joking there. I'm not. I'm not marking him down before anyone gets on on, on me for that. But I, I think it's a, I think it's a five for him because. Th- the hand, I don't know. We could if if their lad goes and heads it in because he hasn't gone for it. We're going to slate him either way, aren't we? So maybe it's a, a lose lose situation. Um, but yeah, the, it's the hand to me that like <laughs> that, that that creates that sort of that shooting opportunity. So either needs get get rid of it properly or not touch it. Yeah. Fair enough, I'd have said five, so I'm with you. Andy? Yeah, I mean, you say you're not going to have a go at him for the saving the pen, but it was the same corner, pretty much the same pen he put, he did against Aidan Stone last season with that stone he saved. Wasn't it? It's the same corner, same sort of... Yeah. But that's... To be fair, um, they he did put the other penalty in the same game in the other corner, so, yeah... It, you don't know, do you? Um, for the hand, for me, it was... When I watched it again, it feels a bit worse because he's sort of gone... It's a bit higher than maybe expecting. He's sort of adjusted and gone with his top hand a bit, sort of David De Gea-like. You know, he's sort of twisted in air, mid-air. And then he just sort of scooped it into the path of somebody where he could have... I'm sure he had other options. He could have just punched it over the bar or, or just sort of flicked it behind for a corner on the opposite side. It's just that's going to be dominating the conversation about his performance, really. Um, other than that, there wasn't really much else he had to do other than um, take a few crosses and, and bits and bobs. Um, that's all I've got, really, about Ripley. Yeah, it's fair. And I've got nothing to add to what you two have said. I agree with what you've said. Andy, right of the back three for the first time this season was Jason Lowe. Yeah, um, first league start, wasn't it, for him? Um, it's surprising, really. He hasn't had much of a look in um, this season so far, other than in the in the Cups and, and them sort of trophy games and that. Um, I didn't mind him. I thought he uh, didn't do a lot wrong. He looked steady on the right-hand side. Um, he was OK. Uh, he didn't really shine, stand out and do anything spectacular, but he seemed like... A, a steady performance on the right side of the three. 
and for a short time at right back when we sort of went four to a back four very briefly during the game. But yeah, he was he was all right. I'm with you actually. I thought he was sound at the defensively sound, and I don't ever expect to watch Jason Lowen go. God, he was outstanding today. So I don't think he's that sort of player. I think he's a player you want in there, be solid, do his job. And Johnny, I thought he did okay yesterday. Although we want to find in a week's wages for that foul throw, because that is one of the to for the ref to give a foul throw in professional football, it's got to be bad because normally they don't bother. Yeah, I think for the fact that like for his age as well, do you know what I mean? Like it's not it's not like he's a young lad breaking in. He's he's at the end of his career. He should be able to take a throw in. Like, but yeah, I think. Do you know what you you say? What you what you've just said about his performance? It 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 was it struck. He's a defender, isn't he? Mm. Then that's it. Like, do you know Smithy's kind of got his limitations of he's 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 a, he's a winner. He's a battler. He's a defender. That's a bit with low. He's a defender. He'll play your simple pass to your footballers and then let it go. And I liked him there. Like you say. I, like I say, he's not going to pull up trees. I don't think he's ever going to put in a match-winning performance at centre-half. But it was better than the other options we've seen there. Mm. Like, the only downside of him is he lacks a little bit of pace. But his positioning-wise, he seemed to get himself in the positions to that wasn't that noticeable. There was a couple of times where he was, like, hammering it back because, like, he, he'd... He, he struggled a little bit, but overall, decent performance. I say probably should have been sent off. Um, and part of that's obviously because of that god awful throw in. Um, but yeah, it was a solid, solid six. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be against seeing him there, even when majority of the other centre halves are fit, probably maybe other than Yak. But yeah. No, I'm with you. With you, I thought he was sound. In the middle, Johnny, Nathan Smith. I think Colby Bishop got it, Nathan Smith, yesterday. Mm. I think it's the first time I've seen someone out Nathan Smith, Nathan Smith. I think you, you kind of notice, in the, first, in the first half down by us, you notice Smithy chirping at him. And he doesn't normally speak to people, does he? He doesn't. He, he do, he's normally just a silent assassin. He'll pinch you and just. But you noticed him chirping away at him, and they were having a bit of. And I, I don't know if he got too caught up in that sort of. Like I, I know this guy's got a short fuse, so I'm going to do everything possible to to do it, rather than. Sometimes concentrating on just doing the simple things and defending well. Um. So I think I think that affected his game a little bit. I don't obviously the penalty it didn't come from it didn't come from him sort of thing. And I'll be honest, the 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 first goal was up the other end of the pitch, so I couldn't really tell you who didn't follow Colby Bishop in for a, for t- to tap it in because I think he's only about three yards out, wasn't he? And some people said it might have just hit him. Um, Andy, sounds like you've kind of might have a better opinion of that, but yeah. I think Smithy, for me, it was a five just because he got amongst the things a bit, bit too much for my liking. But other than that, he was he was okay. Yep, Andy. Yeah, um, 
I've got pretty much the same thing down here. You know, it's mostly a standard Smithy performance, but you know, he, he got dragged into a scrap, and I thought Bishop bullied him. And I, I know the two of them have got previous, haven't they, since the Accrington Stanley uh, Cup game a couple of seasons ago, and you know, Bishop obviously came along yesterday knowing exactly what he was going to get and he was prepared he was ready for a scrap and it would have been by far the happier of the two players walking off the pitch so um yeah it wasn't wasn't smithy's i think i think he'll he'll be he'll be a bit disappointed with himself really um just not not necessarily because he's done anything wrong i think he's just been disappointed that it it's it's gone against him today uh, yesterday it's just been just just their lads are the measure of him, hasn't he? Yeah, no, I'm with you both. I think five feels right. Bishop had the measure of him. I don't think he'll come up against much better strikers than Bishop this season. He's a great striker, but you've got to defend against it. And I think because of how good Bishop is, everyone's letting him, Sadie go under the radar. I tell you what, I'd like him at the Vale. I remember him last year for Shrewsbury and what a good striker he was for them. We've come up against two battering rams and they battered us. I think I think the thing with Sadie is you've actually seen he played in that number ten for them. Mm. You've actually you've actually seen like that he, he he's a bit more than just a striker as well because I think he he really got amongst it and dragged the defender out, which was probably his job. Yeah, and was very strong. You know, there's times where our players bounced off him. Yeah, but again, very good player. That's what getting. Home crowd to 17,000 weekend. Well, I say weekend, week out. Yesterday was a sellout for the moment, wasn't it? Although there was empty seats, but they said it was a sellout. But that's what yeah, getting 17,000 then can get you. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't, don't know how it works after the sellout because it's always 21k, I think. So I don't I know if they were saying the home ends had sold out. Yeah, but there's only 1,400 in the away end, and we sold 600 of them. So, but the other half of the away end was shut once because they were doing renovation work on it. Yeah, but surely is that not counted, or is it fourteen hundred just in the block that we were in? I'd say it's fourteen hundred in the block we were in. Fair enough. But yeah, like, obviously I'm not, I'm not getting battering against seventeen thousand. That feels about right. Yeah, I'm not getting battering against yeah, seventeen thousand. Yeah, yeah you, you're spot on. Yeah. Andy, left side of the back three, big cove. Yeah, um, he still looks. A- Bit uncomfortable with the ball, doesn't he? Um, on on the ball, I'm still not quite convinced by him. But yesterday, I liked him. You know, he didn't have a bad game. Um, I thought, you know, against probably a more direct, more physical team, he had a bit more of um, the sort of battle he, he would have enjoyed. Um, I think if we did have anybody who won aerial duels, it probably would have been him. Um, more than anyone else on the, that pitch. Um, yeah, I liked him. Um, I thought he was all right yesterday. Um, I thought he was very unlucky with, with the penalty as well, obviously, but um, I, I don't know. It's that, that was a bit of a weird one, really. Yeah, now we'll watch you back at some point. Johnny? The only, the only negative I've got about Barmer is, and I can't remember if it was you or Tom that said it, Andy, previously, He's got lead in them boots when he's firing passes into people, hasn't he? Yeah, it was Tom, wasn't it? Was it Tom? Yeah, I yeah. remember one of you saying it. I, I can't remember what day of the week it is. So. Um, but yeah, he, especially towards the end, he fired one in at Gav Massey and was like, control that bastard from about five yards away. And it was just like, 
not not even the ordinary Gav Massey haters could have could have blamed him for that. So that that's my only criticism of Barmer, and that obviously kind of levels in with what you've just said, Andy, about in with the football. Um, he, he gets a five. I think part of a defence that never really recovered from Conor Grant going off. Um, because I think we came with a game plan of Grant and Plant both playing wing-back at times. And that kind of went out the window when Devine came on. So I think we were left a bit loose there. Um, but yeah, overall, he's, he's looking like he's a, a good defender. We just need the other side of it grow. Yeah. With you, with you both on that. And obviously, defensive options were very short yesterday, but there we go. For those listening live, which is just YouTube, because it's recording, everyone else listening, there's a cracking Dartmouth match going on. Um, you see, for those listening live, who's, who's tucked into this? Just YouTube. Fair enough. Yeah, uh, Price is 3-1 down in the final lead against Humphreys. No, he's just took a 170 out. Um, on the right, Johnny, Tom Sank, better option than Mitch Clark, according to Crosby. Look, he's basically done performances recently, and he and Sang had a decent game against Bristol Rovers. So I think, like, you've got to take some context into it. Mitch has been out with tonsillitis and was dragged off in the, the last game he played against Cambridge. So whether people agree with that or not, Crosby's obviously seen something that he didn't like. Yeah, uh, yeah I don't agree with it, but yes, he has. For, for me, Sang, Sang was, was all right. A corner in the first half was an absolute disgrace that he took, which he just leathered out of play. Um, and Tom was chirping away at me, telling me how good a set pieces he actually was. Um, but yeah, he, he was all right. He, he did his job well. He defended well. He got he got up well. He, there was some really nice link-up play early in the first half when things were going well. He wins his headers. He's he's really good in the air for his for his size. Um, so, so he gives us that option of the switch ball, and I think it was evident when he came off. Um, but yeah, it was six out of ten performance, or all right, and probably one of his best at wing back for me. Andy, um, yeah, I don't think it was his worst game at all. Um, yeah, we've we've been a bit critical of Sang, but I thought he was decent yesterday. Um, there, there was a brief spell where it looked like we'd gone to a four at the back and he was playing right midfield and he, he, he looked nice. It's just, for me, again, as, as as nice as he is as a footballer, I don't think he's naturally an attacking player. And there are question marks around what he adds when we get in the final third. I think his instinct is to go infield or, or backwards a bit too much. Um, he won't just get a ball in the mixer, but there's probably no one to aim for anyway. So I don't know. I think he's just not really, you know, when you're looking for wing backs to add a bit of value from an attacking point of view, you're looking for players who can try and emulate what David Worrell did from wing back. You know, Sang isn't going to give you that because I don't think he's he's an assister. He's not a he's not that sort of player. And yeah, that corner was a bit. Um, do you remember Lee Carvalho's putting challenge on the Simpsons? No. No. No, oh, it's, a, it's an obscure Simpsons reference. Basically, just he just absolutely picked the wrong club and absolutely fired it out for a... Did it go for throwing in the end? Well, yeah, it definitely was more towards the other corner than 
I think not. it went out for a goal kick, but it was by the corner flag. And it went, it wasn't like it went out for a corner, it was a great ball and just no one got a touch on it. It just fucking leathered it and it bounced yeah. probably the other side of the box. He absolutely pinged it. I don't, I don't know if he just sort of, he just made too good a connection off his foot. You know, when you just sort of, you do that and you don't feel it come off your foot. It's, it's that good. It just absolutely sails off. Maybe it was one of them. Yeah. No, and I'm with you both because people will think because I'm calling for Mitch Clark, I'm battering Tom Sang. I'm not. I think Tom Sang's a very, very good footballer and I think he'll probably get into most League One sides. As a fucking centre midfielder where he should be playing. He's not a fucking wing back. You've got a wing back sat in the stand with the fans. Play the fucking. That's my view. Moving on. Go on. Go on, Andy. You were going, you were going in there. I was uh, unmuting myself, getting ready for it. Um, it. Who is it? Who are you going for? Fair enough. Next, go. I'll go across the order they've got him on Sky. The Blasty. Right. Um, I thought he was okay, but no better than okay. Um, he, he was a bit similar to Bristol Rovers, really. I thought he was sort of nice and tidy for a bit. And then... He just seemed to just not really impose himself on the game. Uh, it was a poor ball he tried to do um, that led to us um, getting counterattacked on the first goal came from that, I think. He did, because um, I was going to pick up on that, but you've already done it. Yeah, well, um, great minds. Um, but yeah, it just, just didn't quite have, have the impact we're, we're coming to expect from him. Um, and there's probably like a general point about him and Divine that we'll come to when we get onto Alfie Divine. But um, yeah, just just um, not really a day for um, sort of young, technical, gifted midfielders on loan from Premier League clubs. Yeah, Johnny. Yeah, I think I think that's fair. I think it was it was all right performance wise. He, he looked. He, he, he stepped into Ojo's role quite nicely when Ojo came off, but we then lost the, the other person to pass it to. Because obviously part of Ojo's job's made so easy by the fact that he's rolling it to Arblaster sometimes. Um, so, yeah, that, that, was, that was difficult. His, his yellow card was a bit silly, but not the end of the world. Again, should he have been sent off? Because there was a tangle in the second half where looks like he's gone flying into a challenge when he, when he's on his booking and the ref, I think had his back to it. So he didn't really know what had gone on. So I think that'd be an interesting one to see back to see actually kind of what, what went on there and whether it was a tangle or whether our blasters hit him because their lad was certainly not, not too happy about it. To be fair to the ref, he was distracted. He heard a barking from the stands. Yeah, well, that was Mala, probably. Yeah. Well, well carry on the blaster. But yeah, uh, apart from that, he's, we know what we're coming to expect from him, aren't we? And for me, it was six out of ten performance. It was it, it was good enough. Um, but yeah, it wasn't wasn't his best, but. Some of that, I think we have got a caveat about we've got to look at the whole team for yesterday. Yeah, yeah. For me, for the blaster, I thought it was his worst game in a veil shirt. However, I still think it was a 6 out of 10. If 6 out of 10 is your worst performance, I'm more than happy with that. It wasn't his day, but he still wasn't disastrous. As Andy's already said, 
he gave the ball away that led to the opening goal. He tried a cross-field pass, which normally he hits, and he's just under it, it's important to cut it out. But I'm not going hammering for that because I want him trying them passes. I don't want him scared of playing the ball in case he gives it away. So I'm not going hammering for it. Just normally he makes that pass. Didn't happen on the day. As I say, for me, his worst performance of ASU, but it's still a six out of ten. So if that's as bad as he's going, yeah, I'll take him on his bad day over some other players on a good day. Yeah. So yeah. Johnny moving on next to him. As we've already said, he came off. Crosby said he got a tight hamstring before the game and he had to manage his minutes. So I'll get that sports science is saying. Is it risk or injury? We can't afford him to be injured. One's a you. Yeah, especially it, look, if it's the same one that popped last year, then, yeah, I don't 100% manage him. That, I'm, I'm more than fine with that. Um, for me, our best player yesterday, he's just, he's, he looked like, he looked composed. He was, he, he was so, he was, he was so good with the ball. He played, he, he plays it well. He, that 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 shot with his left foot. Let's let's be fair with his left foot that rattles the post, early doors and stuff like that. Everything about Ojo yesterday is is what you want to see. It's just a shame that you can't say that about the whole team yesterday. Uh, but yeah, seven out of ten performance. Well done, well done, funds. We we um, we move on and let him have a let, let him have a Tuesday off because I tell you something. If I see him in that squad Tuesday, I'm gonna rage about it. Elaborate. Well, just because if he's got a tight hamstring and we've taken him off because he's got a tight hamstring, we shouldn't be playing him Tuesday because it means, for me, he could have played 90 minutes on Saturday then. Like, we don't need to see him in that team Tuesday for against Castle. Let's, let's rest him and make sure. Because the last thing you want is it pop. Yeah. No, don't disagree. I just want you to elaborate to the listeners new. Andy Funza. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a bit of a risk if he has got a tight hamstring playing him yesterday anyway, regardless of um, Tuesday. But obviously... the Let me just think as well, I think he said slight tight hamstring. Yeah, it, it, I mean, obviously it depends, but you know, you, you, you're you taking a risk with them sort of injuries because you don't know what what road they're leading down, do you? You don't know where, where it's headed. But, hey-ho... Um... Yeah, I'd agree with Johnny. Um, not bad. Um, his usual Funzo Ojo game. Um, I don't know if he's, he's he's set a bit of a bar for himself and he's not quite at where he was, say, a month ago, a month or so ago. For me, I, I still think he, he can do a bit better, but there probably, you know, there wasn't um, anyone else on the pitch who was better than him for on a Veil shirt yesterday. He, he just yeah. has that sort of residual level of, of performance just because he's got the experience and he's got a bit of quality about him. Even if he doesn't have a great game, he'll still do enough. Yeah, with you both, also my man of the match, so full house, paralysis escape room, performance of the match, Funzo Ojo, he's got a full house here, get yourselves over to paralysis escape room and Anley, have a go, Halloween's coming up, it's a horror escape room, Follow them on Facebook and have a look what they've got going on. Paralysis Escape Room. And with you both, Funzo, best player on the pitch for me. If his hamstring is tight at 2-0, bring him off because we're not getting back in that game. Agree with you, Johnny. Don't want to see him choose. He's now got two weeks off, basically. I don't mean off because he's going to have to train. But he's got two weeks till the next match. Get him right. Get him back. Get him firing. Because agree, Andy, he hasn't quite hit the start of the season performances. 
but it probably doesn't help when people around you aren't playing that well either. So one player in the game carry you through in a team sport. But yeah, Funzo, we love him. Moving on, Andy, left wing back was Conor Grant, who got taken off after just 33 minutes with an injury. So let's hope that that's not too bad, Conor. We know that the you know, in his career, he's had some bad injuries. Let's hope this isn't too bad in two weeks off and he's virtually there and there about. So he went off, so no rating for him. Alfie Devine came on, so talk to me about Alfie. Yeah, I was going to say about Grant, though. It's just his general fitness levels are a bit of a cause for concern, considering how many games he's managed to play for us and, and you know, breaking down and, and just seem to just, it seems to be a bit stop-start for him. And he isn't quite at the place that I hoped he'd be by now, a couple of months into the season. Uh, Divine, I thought he got schooled a little bit. Um, I, I don't think he had, a, he had a great day at all. I mean, he's probably something, a good experience for the learning curve, but he felt like a lot of the time he was um, chasing shadows. Um, he got nutmegged in the run-up to the penalty. Um, but there were one or two little glimpses when he got on the ball. Um, but... Off the ball, he just felt like he was. Um, he, he, he wasn't his day off off the ball really. But you know, he did have pretty much the best effort in the second half. You know, probably the best effort on target that we had of the game. That one that sort of straightened out and uh, keeper palmed it away. But yeah, he just didn't have a didn't have a good afternoon really for me. Yeah, and that one that he did it from behind the goal. You know, you. See how well he caught it because the movement of the ball in the air. And I actually think that was a better save than it looked because of how much the ball moved. But yeah, it struck it really well and shows you how we can strike a ball. But Johnny, Conor Grant slash Alfie Devine. Yeah, with Grant on, I thought we looked really, really well. We, we looked like we were drilled. We looked like we knew what we were doing. And then when he went off, it kind of went a bit to pot. Because Alfie's a luxury player and when it's going well, I think he's a player that, that you'll get the best out of. When when it's a game like this, when he's a bit scrappy, you haven't got anything to bounce off, he looked a bit lost. Like you look at him and him and Arblast, they both have been called up to the England under twenties again, or the elite development squad now it's called, because apparently it's not the under twenties anymore. Um they've both been called up to that. If you tell me one of them's gonna play Premier League football. I'd, it's it's all all day long at the minute, and that's not obviously that's not mean meaning to be disrespectful for Alfie. He's played every level of England youth football, and won a World Cup, so he's, he's not a bad player, is he? We've we've just got to I think we've got to fit find how Alfie fits into it, and and fit him into it for that because I think he's a brilliant footballer, um, but yesterday just wasn't the game for him really, and. I I wouldn't have made that substitute. Mm. Yeah, that's the sort of the dot he has to crack, though, isn't it? He's he's got to learn how to deal with the more physical teams, the the bigger teams, teams that'll try and and you know probably look at him and, and look at the hype and think um, the fancy um, taking the piss out of him a bit, and it just felt as though he, he he got a bit schooled for me at times. He was yeah. chasing shadows. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I think, I think that's that's going to have done done him the world of good in that learning curve. But yeah, I, I do think we've we've got to be cuter. Yeah, 
as well. Yeah, but, yeah I think for me it was a four for Alf. I thought uh, it just it, it just not it's not it's just not working for him. You, you, we've seen at Oxford when he came on there what what he's about in terms of the cute passing and stuff like that. And we we've got to, I think we've got to give him the ball and kind of give him that license to be in them positions to get the best out of him. And I think we asked him to go and do what Planty was doing, and that's getting up and down and supporting and helping defend. And I don't know if that's that's ever going to be his wheelhouse. Yeah, with you both on that, nothing really more to add on either. For those that are battering Fletcroft and the recruitment team, give your heads a wobble because look at the team we've got now compared to the team we've got last season. If you want to critique, no problem with that. Everyone's got their opinions. Wing-back is, for me, where you need to critique because we said all along we haven't got enough cover at wing-back. If Grant's injury is serious, and God, let's hope it's not, we're now no left, no recognised left wing-back in the squad for me. Jack Shardick, yeah, but are you going to throw a 16-year-old kid in? I don't know. Maybe, and maybe he'll live up to it. We haven't seen enough of him to say he is the answer for three months while Grant gets back to fitness, and I'm making three months up, everyone. I don't know. It could be a slight tight cough, and he's gone off to as a precaution. I don't know. Right, Flitcroft said Shorrock was a natural successor to um, Mal Benning. Did he did, he? yes. On what timescale do you reckon he meant that? I don't know. Because I don't it's, know. it's not immediately is it it's, it's not any time probably this season certainly not the side of christmas i don't i don't know what, what what when he sees that happening yeah i think i think i think that that will be an interesting question to be fair because i think we all know that that shorrick's got a, got a future ahead of him by by what we've seen and stuff like that but seeing him yesterday in the stands with mitch he he he, he looks his age and obviously that's, that's that that's not that's not a knock, but you wouldn't you wouldn't look at Walters and go, God, he's a seventeen year old. Whereas last season, he looked a child, didn't he? There's I don't know if you yeah. remember Walters looked a young a young sixteen year old. Whereas he, he he looks like a young man now. Yeah, and he's twelve months older than Shorrock. Yeah, exactly. So in twelve months' time, if Shorrock's got the same body body change that Walters has had, you're probably looking at that going. Whew, we 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 could have a really good wing back on his hands here, hmm. but that it's it's kind of a bit ifs ifs buts and maybes, isn't it? Until we see how it goes. Yeah, <laughs> the 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 wing back thing is going to be going to be a question for a while, I think. Um, Jan, January, I think, is going to be huge because we're going to have to we're going to have to do something there for a wing back. Yeah, and by all accounts, I do believe we were trying to bring one or two wing-backs in on deadline day that never quite materialised for one reason or another. So I think they know. I think they've tried to do something about it. Maybe didn't get there quick enough. Maybe other factors stopped them doing it. But yeah, I think if Grant's injury is bad, and we know he's got a record, if you want critique the summer recruitment wing-back is where we're at. That's yeah. where we've fallen down for me and prove it. But Shorrock, do you know what? Play him on Tuesday against Newcastle Kids. He's playing against the Category A Academy, then, as a category yeah. A they call it, elite, whatever they want to call it. Play him against kids who are still going to be what they're under 20s, three, four years older than him. Yeah, some, let's have some, a look at it. Some of them will be, won't they? I, I, I imagine the majority of them are probably two or three years older than him rather than 
can't imagine there's going to be many 20 year olds involved in it yeah but i get i get your sentiment they're at least they're going to be at least two two years above them and two years makes a massive difference between 16 and 18 oh it does yeah it really does so yeah let's play him there have a look at him but any wing backs free and available and have we got a budget if josh emmanuel out... josh emmanuel josh emmanuel yeah. there we go go and get him yeah, Johnny, moving on, behind the front to start with Ethan Chislett. Yeah, I think for, for, for 60, well, for 45 minutes, he was brilliant. He was what Ethan Chislett does, picking up them pockets. He was dangerous. He was getting in amongst it. He he takes away the space. And some some of them flicks around the corner that between him and Sang to, to get, get into space were, were glorious. I think if we are using a sports scientist at half time, I'd want to know if if Chislett's vest was switched off because he came out blowing second half, and for me, he, he wouldn't have come out if if you know if you know, know that. But it's kind of frustrating that has has it has he started because. He's pushed Garrity up front, so therefore he can get away with saying, I'm playing players on merit, etc. because Chislett's come straight back, back in after an injury, yet others haven't broken straight back into it and stuff like that. I, d- I don't really know. I'm just... I love Chislett. I think he brings so much to the side. He just needs to be fitter. Like, because we know after 60 minutes he's knackered. But at the start of the season, that was fine because you were taking him off after 60 minutes and bringing Ben Garrity on. Whereas we took him off this time and brought on two strikers and completely changed all the formation, the philosophy, the ideas, but carried on playing the same sort of football as let's kick fuck out of it to the little lad. Hmm. Yeah, Mark for Chelsea yesterday. It's six for Chelsea, like I say. I'm, I'm not going to mark him down for not being subbed. Because if he asks to be subbed, I want him lynching. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Andy? Yeah. Um, can't argue with that. Um, I thought in the first half yesterday, you could see what we were missing when he wasn't on the pitch. Just that little bit of um, um, cleverness. There was um, one or two great little bits that he did. Just managed to just get a toe in and, and, and get around his man a couple of times. Did he late on a plate for not on a plate but he, he sort of made pretty much set up the chance for uh, Funzo hitting the post uh it's just there's one of, I, don't, I don't know that that big chance where he, he gets given the ball from a sloppy pass and then he goes for the chip and thinking was that really the best thing he could have done in that situation that that's that's the only thing for me but um yeah I, I like him we need to we need to use this break now to get him fit, don't we? And and just just put the whole sort of injury, is he fully fit, whatever, just put that to bed. Yeah, 100% we do, because when he's on the pitch, he offers you something that none of the others do for me. He's bright, he's dangerous, he can thread a pass through, he can score a goal. We need him fit and on that pitch playing more. So, yeah, cheers. Johnny, no, Andy. Next to him to begin with, and then move to win back, playing everywhere yet again. James Plant. 
yeah, he's um, he's definitely improving. You can see his learning curve, can't you? Um, definitely looks like a player who deserves to be there. Uh, can't disagree with Johnny at all. When it when he was um, started off in in the front three, that does seem to be nearer to what his natural position is. Obviously, he's he's got to sort of fit into what we're doing uh, for the time being. And, and while um, Grant's injured, then he's going to have to probably slot in at left wing back for the foreseeable. Um, it just for me, what his stretch goal is, what he needs to sort of move on to is uh, weighing in a bit with uh, goals and assists and, and things like that that, that, that affect yeah, the game. Not this season, he doesn't, though. Uh, yes, he does. Yes, he does. He, he, can do that. he can do that next season. It's like um, the effort he had, the one real chance he had where, you know, he, he opens up for him. You're thinking, go, go across the keeper, go far post. And he pulls it into the near post. And it's... I've seen it again and, and I didn't realise just... It felt like, you know, he's quite a bit closer to goal than I thought he was um, when I've seen it back. And it's just, I don't know. Um, but generally, very impressed with him, very happy with the way he's, um, with the way he's going, um, how, how he's improving. And I'm just hoping that, you know, he he becomes a, a really big part of the, this side. Um, yeah, he, he just needs to, it just needs to weigh in a bit more, you know. Get, get start, start um, putting a ball on someone's head, or you know, goals, assists. Yeah, you agree, Baz? Hundred percent agree. Yeah. yeah. And the only thing that I critic him on in the number ten is I thought he was unbelievable. I thought he scared the shit out of him, but he should have scored or at least hit the target with that one. And he's just got polish off that finish, polish off the final ball, whatever it is. And we also need to play him in an attacking position, not a wing-back position. But again, we're short at wing-back, so he's not going to get as much opportunity to play in the number 10. I'd love to see him start in that number 10 role against Newcastle on Tuesday. Johnny? Sorry. <clears throat> I um, I, was, I just having a, having a drink and then you finished. <laughs> yeah, I think look, plenty. Seven for attacking midfield. A five for wing back, so I'm settling on a six with him because I thought in that first 20 minutes when he was in wing back, he was getting back helping Connor Grant out a shitload, and that wasn't because Grant needed the help, that was because their fullback was pushing on and he was doing the job that you want someone to do go and go and take out a key man. So he was helping that way, he was pushing forward, he looked like he could do something in that position. Like like you said, he had that he, he had that bit about him, didn't he? And yeah, granted that the, the chance wasn't the chance wasn't perfect because he because he, he didn't hit the target, but as as an attacking midfielder, you want him getting in them positions and doing more of that. So I like the fact that he was doing it and he was pretty confident with doing it. He went to wing back and I think he got a bit bullied at wing back. I think they were they were clever. They played on him, especially towards the end of it. He just looked like a bit of a fish out of water. And I don't know if it helps. Nathan Smith was there for a bit. Kofi Barmer was there for a bit. He kind of ended up at left back for a bit. I don't know if all that helped him either. But he's definitely an attacking player. He, there's no doubt about it. And he could be... 
he could be that heir to the Chislet when when Chizzy's not playing because he's kind of got that that difference about him. Like you look at Garrity, you look at Divine, you look at Chislet, you look at Plant. They're all slightly different, but Plant's probably the closest to Chislet than 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 any of them for me. So I'd like I'd like seeing there against Castle. Put Mitch left wing back and put Sang right wing back. Um, I'd be I'd be more than happy with that. Um, so yeah, that's that's for me. That's um, plenty, plenty. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't remember his name then. Yeah, I was like that's, that's, James. Someone. That's someone. Yeah, but if he can save his goals and assists next season, that sound. Well, he can get fourteen, Johnny. Yeah, I get four. Yeah, I'll, I'll give. I'll give. No, thirteen. Because if he gets fourteen, I'll be shitting myself. Them last couple of games. So, <laughs> so thirteen. Thirteen. Then I'm moving yeah. on, Johnny. Up front, Ben Garrity. Yeah, Ben. Do you know what? Like, we've we've kind of touched on Ben a little bit already. He's got to be hammered for the fact that he had three good chances and get one on target. You've you've got you've you've got to mention that and bring it up. You've also got to praise him the fact that he's he's not playing in his natural position. He he didn't look happy after the game. Like either he puts himself about. He he, he does every he does everything that you want from him. He's he's a very working class type player in terms of he he runs about. He puts every everything into it. He's He's everything that you want from from that workhorse, but he's just not a striker, and he just made no sense. I, I kind of got the Bristol Rovers thing with them having a big, horrible centre off and that Stokey reject. Um, I kind of, I still didn't agree with it, but I kind of got the thinking there. But Raggett and Shaughnessy are, are decent, are decent footballers, so there's no need to think, oh well. Actually, what we're going to do is we're going to use Ben Garrity, and he's going to school one of their centre halves. It's it just it just baffled me. Um, I can't really think of anything I'll say about Ben. I think begrudgingly, it's a five because I've got to judge him on playing up front, and then three chances you've minimum got to hit the target. I'd argue you've got to score one of them, um, and I really do think a striker does. So he's he's got to be marked down for that, but it's not it's not all his fault that isn't. Yeah, Andy. Yeah, the about Johnny. Yeah, five. Yeah. Go on, Andy. Um, yeah, I mean Johnny's covered pretty much what I wanted to say. It's just that I think whether those chances fall to. Ben Garrity as an attacking midfielder or as a striker. The first one is a bit of an attacking midfielder, sort of late run into the box type chance, which you'd be hoping he'd score anyway, and you'd, you'd be saying Ben Garrity normally buries that if he if he if he ran if if he was playing midfield and he missed that chance, and and probably the other two are the same. Uh, it is a shame, really, that I mean, up until a few weeks ago, I think. Um, he was the only one really scoring goals, I think, from um, from I'm trying to go back out how far are we going back until... But um, there's only Arblaster who's scored a league goal 
for about a month of vulgarity, isn't there? Really. So he, he's he's been a, a main source of goals since about the early September, and, and when he dries up, then then no one's really sticking him in. Um, wasn't his day. I think that's all he can really sum it up as. Um, he'll he'll be disappointed, but one of those days for him. Yeah, Cambridge was his last goal, wasn't it? That was the 23rd of September. Yeah, it was that three and three games because he scored against Northampton, he scored against Burton. He scored against Burton, scored against Northampton, he scored against Crew and the Pizza. Oh, yeah, if we're counting those. Yeah, and then he didn't score against Oxford. So, yeah, four and four if you're counting them, three and three if you're not. Yeah, yeah so that's that. Would have been the, I think he would have been the first player uh, from Bagger's newsletter. I think he said, didn't he? Once he had been the first player, score four, four goal, four league goals and four league games consi- consecutively since like the fifties or something like that. Because no, Popey did three and three, three goals and three league games like four times for us, but never could get the four. Right. I'm sure Nicky Cross did eight in four games in the nineties, um, but I could be wrong. Oh, there we go. But yeah, it's, looking at it, because we haven't got a, another game now for two weeks because we're not counting the pizza. The last three games we failed to score a goal and we've lost 1-0 to Bolton, 3-0 to Bristol Rovers, 2-0 to Portsmouth. So if that doesn't slap you across the face and tell you what the issue is, I don't know what will. No goals in three games. Since the last international break, we've beat Northampton 1-0. We've then lost 3-2 to Burton. Drew one all at Cambridge, beat Sutton in the third round of the EFL Cup 2-1, lost 1-0 to Bolton, lost 3-0 to Bristol, lost 2-0 to Portsmouth. So we've picked up in the league, we've picked up one win since the last international break, which was the first game back, and we've picked up four points in the league since the last international break, out to 3, 6, 9, 12, 15, 18. Uh, Yeah, just, just to go back slightly to the Garrity thing, Andy, um, it would be the first, Garrity would have been the first player to score five in five Vale appearances, so they're counting the pizza trophy in 39 years since Mark Bright in 84. I've just gone back on the baggers thing. Um, Fair enough. Hope he, hope he did do it four in a row. He did it three times, four in a row. So, and the club record is Basil Haywood that scored eight games in a row during the 53-54 season, so that would have been a record. And, and baggers obviously says thanks to Phil Sherwin because... We know our we know our Phil's stato, so yeah. Um, but yeah, that's just a correct. But yeah, sorry, best to interrupt and disrupt your play. But you are spot on. You what in what you're saying, goals are a concern at the moment. I'd be more concerned if we weren't making chances. So I don't think this is that this this isn't fixable without a transfer window. Do you know what I mean? Like, do you know sometimes you look at it and go, we need a transfer window to fix this. I don't think this is this this needs a transfer window. I think what it needs is a bit of luck, and also play your fucking striker. Yeah. Like simple. I'm not saying Willow wins us that game. I'm not saying Josh Thomas wins us that game. I'm saying they give us a better chance of winning a game. Let's mm. let, let's look at it. Let's get some legs refreshed. Let's let's use Tuesday properly now. Like. Luke Vier is going to play in goal. Yes, sound. Let's play Jason Lowe, get get him some more minutes in at, at right centre off. You're then looking at probably Shorrock, left left wing back or left centre off. 
get Mitch some minutes under his under his belt now. Let's get Walters then minutes again. Divine. Divine won't be there, will he? They go tomorrow. They go on Monday, Divine and Blaster. So why can't we cancel the game? Because Thomas won't be there then. Fuck I don't off. think we won't cancel the game. No, I, I agree with him, but... Yeah. Um, and to be honest, half of me thinks, do you want... Of course you want cancel Fleetwood because you want the Blaster and the team. But half of me thinks, has it come at a bad time when we're on this run and we could have done with playing Fleetwood, do we? Not doing great, although have they turned it round since they sat the manager a little bit? No, well, I, I, they got they got battered by Wickham for one at the weekend. Right, yeah. So part of you yeah. wants playing, mean, it's a bit like Burton. We didn't really want cancel them at the time. They were on a terrible run, and we were on a great run at that point. Yeah, even when we played them, they were on a good run. So I'd... yeah, we were. It was just it's a bad thing. And from a financial point of view, it's two home Saturday games we've lost, isn't it? And we know that. You don't make as much money on a Tuesday night. There's not as many in the fan zone for as long. There's not as many paying getting the stands. You don't, not as many away fans on a Tuesday. No, and we know there's probably another two to come because I think, Andy, did you say there's one in November and then Burton away, probably? I think somebody said it. It wasn't me, but yeah, I think the international breaks seem to fall on a, on a couple of home games and... Burton away is going to be a nightmare on a Tuesday night, isn't it? Because the last trains are they all before ridiculous. Christmas or Burton's no, March, isn't it? March, yeah. Because well, you're relying on us still having three internationals at that point. Well, yeah, I, think, I think we'll definitely have one. But yeah, we'll see, we'll see. But yeah, so it's four points out of the last eighteen available. We need to turn it around pretty quick. Crosby needs to turn it around pretty quick. I don't believe that anyone should be getting on his back yet. Should you be critiquing? Yes, you should. Should you be asking questions? Yes, you should. Should you be on his back saying he's not good enough? Not yet, no. But he's got to turn it round and he's got to show that he can do something different. Is that a tweak in formation? Is it a tweak in tactics? That's for him to find out. He gets paid for that. Uh, for, for me, I don't think the formation is the problem. And I've seen, I, I, I've seen some people... Like, I've seen some people saying that the formations, like, and I know, Bez, you like you two up front and stuff like that. I and I, I, I get that. I get people have got preference and, and whatnot. But I, I don't think the formation's the issue. I think you you look at it and you go, play your best 11. Mm. And, and that's, you, you have to look at your best fit 11. So currently, knowing what we know, we'll probably argue it wing back between the three of us. Be fair, Ripley hands down is your best keeper. Yeah. Fifth, I'd be saying Low Smith Barmer is my best back three. I know we've only seen Low once there, but I think he's looked more composed than Cass. Deborah had an absolute shitter in his first one, and jo- Jones and Yak are both injured. So that's probably my my strongest back three. Ojo and Blaster in midfield have got that nailed down. Chizzy, Garrity, and Willow sound. That would be my spine. My wing-backs, knowing, I like, say, we're going off fitness, would be Sanger-Mitch, because I don't think Planty's as effective there, but I could take an argument for Planty playing right wing-back if he played like he did. Was it Bolton at right wing-back? Yeah. So I could take that argument. So we've still got a good enough side there. For me, that that, that 11 still, still is enough to go and get get points, get goals, do things. We've just 
we've just got to figure out that thing. We, we've got we've got to look about what's caused this dip, how you get out of that rut. Do you put your best 11 out on Tuesday, go smash Newcastle, like four or five, and take that bounce that you'd get into the next game, which granted is 10 days after that. But take that bounce, take that bit of confidence, go, fuck me, we are a good team. Or do you play Walter Shorrock? like the other fringe players to get in fitness and just see it as a almost a reserve game slash friendly and and just and get the 10k uh, hopefully get the 10k because they they drew two all against Fleetwood for example so there's 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 questions and, and methods to be asked like you all know when you've been on a slump going going and twatting the team we got drew all against Fleetwood Newcastle under 21s did no, Fleetwood aren't in our group. Are you sure? Yeah, Wrexham. it's us, Wrexham and Crew. Well, when I when I clicked on, so when did when I clicked on Newcastle under twenty ones? Maybe they played Fleetwood uh, under twenty ones and some of yeah, Premier League Cup. Yeah, sorry, I just I just nice. sorry to say they lost one 0 to Wrexham. There we go. Yeah, I was going to say I was thinking it's Wrexham and Crew in our group. Yeah, well, I just I just saw Fleetwood, so I just assumed. But yeah, yeah. they lost they lost one 0 to Wrexham. Um, looking at Wrexham, they played a complete change of side. So um, I do like the fact that, that Newcastle had a number eighty-four in goal. That's that's impressive. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you're right. Let's see what happens, Susie. Johnny, we haven't discussed what we're doing, whether we're doing a midweek this week, next week, what have you. We'll be back at some point. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll do it Thursday as normal. I think. I um, we'll have to see. Okay, we'll have to see, but yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll have a look at something. We'll we'll have a bit of a chat, and maybe it's the right time to have a bit of a dissect of the squad. And I know that there's probably more negative implications than it would have been um, a few weeks back. But I think it's what ten games in now, are we? Eleven games in? Yeah, something like that. So, and let's end this positively. We're we've twelve actually. We've played twelve. We're on seventeen points. We're sitting ninth in the league. It's it's a good start. You, the last few games don't don't represent that for me. But if we did the little predictor thing before, and we're probably picking up, we're probably all predicting nothing but Portsmouth, Bristol, and Bolton. So it, it's not the end of the world, is what I'm trying to say. And and this kind of backs up what you said earlier, Bez, in terms of let's not hammer Crosby and let's not get on his back because. It's a decent points return still. It's if we average that points per game at times by forty six, you're finishing on sixty five points. So mid table. Yeah, which yeah. I think at the start of the season we'd have all said mid tables. Well, probably well last last year sixty five points finishes you above Charlton on tenth. They finished on mm. sixty two. Mm. So you, you're twelve points off playoffs, which yeah. We're fine with season before it gets you twelfth, um, which that's an ungodly season to be fair because Ipswich in eleventh got seventy points that season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, we're certainly ahead of where we thought we'd be at this stage. However, the recent run of form four and eighteen available that needs to be addressed and pretty damn quickly. What the I'm first hoping game back, Stephen, is your way. What I'm hoping is that. Um, I know we beat Northampton, but pretty much 
it felt as though we lost a bit of momentum with the last international break. And hopefully, it, hopefully this bad run ends with the next international break. You know, it just sort yeah. of it, it bookends it nicely. Um, we can take the time to get a few injured players back up to speed. We've got a, a week on, you know, we, we can give any players a bit more time off if they need. We can get on the training ground and do some work instead of just sort of managing injuries, patching people up for the next game. And hopefully we can do something, you know, some shape pattern work in the final third and work on some combinations and, and whatever triggers are and just, just be a bit more, I don't know, a bit more ruthless, a bit quicker, a bit snappier in, in what we need to do to 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 create chances and um yeah, just just get decent shots on target, make decent XG chances, score a few goals and, and that is apart from that, we're an all right side, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. And we let's see what happens. We'll get into it there and Veil Away brought to you by Andy PVFC's taxis. If you want to let to the airport, wherever, give him a bell. He'll sort someone out for you. Get on to Andy. And we'll wrap up today, and it only seems right to wrap up. We had some tragic news across local sports. Fail. And George Andrews passing away at the end of last week. And age of 64 is absolutely no age. It really isn't. Anyone that goes the Vale. Johnny, you wouldn't have known his commentary on Vale because it had been before your time. But you certainly still knew who George Andrews was. Andy He'd have been the voice of your childhood. He was the voice of my childhood. I remember many times growing up where Vale away, obviously at that age, I wasn't going the away game. So I turned the radio on, listened to George and he'd make a boring nil-nil sound like a world beater of a game. Everything was exciting. He made a tap-in sound like a contender for the Puskas Award. He just really was a character. You'd see him there in his shirts. You know, for those that didn't see him, it was always flamboyant. You knew George was about. He might have been short in art, but he was massive in personality. And he really is a massive, massive loss for local sport. He's done a lot for the Vale over the years. As I say, he commentates in all the glory years. We've all got his lines. I know Andy, my line, the bogey boogie. I remember that one. Rogers thrown his hat in the air and I've nearly caught it. was another favourite of mine. The roof's fallen, and Andy, give us some of your memories. George Andrews, absolute legend, and heartfelt condolences to family and friends and everyone associated with George. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, um, it, yeah, it hit me on Friday when I heard the news. Um, so, Rudgy threw his hat in the air and nearly caught it. I think that was when Ray Walker scored an in, uh, extra time yeah. winner against Crystal, Crystal Palace, Palace in yeah. the fog, yeah, which got us through to Everton in '96. Yeah. Um, then in the Everton game, I think he said, um, hold your heads because I'm coming over the top. And I can just imagine yeah. him sort of just climbing out of his little box on the top of the roof of the vice presidents and the old lawn street and stage diving down into the terracing, um, which would have been a sight. Um, um, yeah, it's just I'm, I'm trying to think of what I, the, um, a friend of mine said something like, you know, there's so many little things that. You can recite word for word as soon as as soon as you come into your head. Uh, I've got the um, I've got the VHS that he um, that was brought out, and I've got a few other little bits of recordings of commentary that I'll try and and get converted or something, so we you know so they won't be lost. Um, is yeah, I'm, I'm just going to quote what my mate 
tweeted um, JJ, who's been on here a couple of times. Um, I'm sure I'm not the only one who spent far too many childhood hours watching Veil videos featuring the iconic George Andrews commentary. He elevated the most successful period in a history through his enthusiasm and love for the club. His legacy is that three decades after the event, I can still reel off many of his best lines. My personal favourites with being the last minute equaliser at Goodison. The game, the match, the toffees are wrapped up at the moment and the Vale fans are going absolutely bananas. R.I.P. The Georgie boy, TGB. Yeah, quality. Absolute quality. And the home game, Mac the knife struck like yours when McCarthy puts it in. and <laughs> So many memories. And Johnny, a word from you. I know you wouldn't have been around for, well, you were around, but you didn't watch Vale back in the 90s for the commentary, but you'd still have a memory too with Georgie boy. Yeah, I tell you, my my big memories of George Andrews is like you say, it's it's the fact that you 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 see him before, like you see him and you hear him before like anything because he's got a distinctive voice. He's not obviously with him not being local, he'd got a distinctive accent. Like you say, he was always flamboyant. But I just remember every preseason at Castletown, you'd get in and then this familiar voice would just pop up over the tannoy. And there's George Andrews just doing doing the Vale squad and like just have, just end up having a chit chat over the tannoy most of the time with someone, and it was just it it was so natural and so he he made he made it seem like it's the easiest job in the world. And Bears, obviously, you you went with with Bowers sort of thing. You see how much actually hard work goes into the background of it. But whenever when whenever George was talking, he just made it seem like it was the easiest job in the world. And it was a fountain of knowledge, not just football, not just Vale. Were you on the coach in the Isle of Man, Johnny, when we did the TT tour on the coach? No, uh, no, I wasn't. Not, no, no, no. We well, basically, when the Vale did the pre-season tour of the Isle of Man, um, when I went with the supporters coach, which was Roy and Brenda at the time, we basically yeah. drove around the Isle of Man TT track on the coach. And as you can imagine, they go through it on bikes on 160 mile an hour, what have you. We're doing it in a coach at 20 mile an hour. So it's not that exciting. Georgie <laughs> Andrews picked the microphone up at the front and was giving us commentary. And I tell you what, he was just doing it off his head. He knew everything about that track. He knew where people had died on it. He knew where the fastest spots on the track were. He knew where people had overtaken certain people at certain points on the track. And he gave us commentary all the way around on this coach. And he made this coach trip so exciting hearing George do the commentary on it. And yeah, we local sports lost a legend there. And that word used far too frequently. It's certainly fitting for George Andrews. Iconic, legendary, heartfelt condolences again to family and friends. Rest in peace, Georgie boy. And up there, have an ale. And for everyone listening, have a good week. We'll be back at some point. Have an ale for George. Have an ale and up the veil. So, it's full time from the pod. And we've just lost again. And now it's time for a treat. What are you looking for, Bez? Well, I'm looking at who's cost us today. Was it the ref? Was it the players? But whoever it was, cheer yourselves up. Get yourselves to McDonald's. Get yourself a Big Mac tonight and enjoy it through the app. Johnny? Yeah, there we go. So, order delivery on, on the app. It's at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more details. And don't forget, have an ale and up the veil.
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.